After 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Monday. Back to work we go. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
נחמו עמי, נחמו עמי, יאמר אלוקיכם. 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 דברו על לב ירושלים, דברו על לב ירושלים, נחמו עמי, דברו על לב ירושלים. אמר השם, אמר השם, את מי צריך לנחם? האם לא אותי צריכים לנחם? מי שנשרף ביתו, מי שנשמור עליו, את מי צריך לנחם? נחמוני, נחמוני עמי. נחמו עמי, נחמו עמי, יאמר אלוקיכם. נחמו עמי, נחמו עמי, יאמר נחמו עמי, נחמו עמי, יאמר אלוקיכם. נחמו עמי, נחמו עמי, יאמר אלוקיכם. דברו הלב ירושלים, דברו הלב ירושלים. נחמו עמי, דברו הלב ירושלים. אמר השם אמר השם, את מי צריך לנחם? האם לא אותי צריכים לנחם? מי שנשרף ביתו, מי שנשבו בניו, את מי צריך לנחם? נחמו לי, נחמו לי עמי.
JM in the AM. Good morning and welcome to 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial, around the world on the web, org, and of course on the NSN app. I want to give a special welcome and shout out to those Monday morning listeners who are tuned into the Catskills station on their way back to the New York, New Jersey area. And thank you for getting up early to join us in this uh, post-Tishabov, back-to-the-regular-format adventure here on a Monday at JM in the AM. You heard Yesh Tikva, that's Benny Friedman. No telling where he may pop up over the next few days. He's got some great performances coming up, I can tell you that much. Silva Zemmer with Nachamu off of the Hear Us Now album. Already somebody on the app is requesting their original Nachamu from their very first LP. Yehuda Green with Nachamu. You heard Nachamu done by Aaron Razel. Safam with their classic Nachamu. Masecha Hashem with Mayor Sherman, of course. That's our Monday morning theme song. And Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Monday on this August 15th, day 11 in the month of Menachem Av, the year 5776, Tufshin Ayin Vav. For those of you who thought that uh, Tisha B'Av would never end, <laughs> it is finally over. Wow. For some, it was a really long fast yesterday, but it did end at some point, and I hope everyone's feeling good and healthy and uh, fulfilled after a meaningful Tisha B'Av day, a night and day, I should say, and after a Shabbos Chazon as well, uh, which I hope was meaningful for everybody. Now we get into the week of Shabbos Nachamu. This coming Friday is Tu Ba'av. It's also Erev Shabbos Nachamu as we get set for one of the big Shabbatot on the Jewish calendar. 79 degrees outside with 78% humidity. Winds are west at 4 miles per hour. Partly cloudy with a high of 91.1. Then tonight, partly cloudy, a low of 77. Tomorrow, look for scattered thunderstorms and a high temperature of 87 degrees. Yerushalayim is at 82. A lot at 97, heading up to 104. Wow. In Guilford, New York, our friends at Camp Missora have 65 degrees, heading up to 79. And I hope to see everybody at Missora tomorrow night. And they know if I'm showing up uh, during the week at night, chances are there's going to be uh, something extra special coming up. So I hope to be part of that as uh, Camp Missoura gets ready to celebrate during this final week of camp, as a lot of camps are doing, uh, coming out of Tishabov and getting ready for the final week of camping adventures. 26 minutes before 7 o'clock. Good morning. It's JM in the AM. I want to commend those who braved the heat and came out yesterday to the Isaiah Wall. Uh, for the annual Tisha B'Av Mincha, uh, as I told Glenn Richter in a in an email, I was not able to make it due to due to my feet and the heat. And um, nonetheless, many many people, including some of our great listeners, were there. So kolakavot to everybody who gathered, and of course kolakavot to everybody who made Tisha B'Av extra special. We were proud to present Matis with JM Sunday, appropriate for Tisha B'Av, and then continue. <coughs> excuse me. Then continue with um, Rabbi Stephen Weil and his presentation from down in Boca. And, of course, we wrapped up the day at uh, 6.30 yesterday with Charlie Harari and everybody at Project Inspire. A, a real privilege to be able to be one of the conduits for all of that at NahumSiegel.com and on the NSN app. Speaking of app, I see people are commenting already. I told you that um, there's already been a suggestion. Already been a suggestion about the... Uh, uh, about the Nachamu done by um, by Tzlil the Zemmer. Reb Yitz is the one who uh, asked for that, so we're going to try to do that. Um, listener Silky on the app asks us to play Avram Fried's Afrelich and Tishabov. We'll get to that in just a couple of minutes. 
And um, listener Yiddy wants to hear Nachamu from Aryeh Kunstler, and that is a very, very good suggestion that we're going to take on this Monday morning as we continue this amazing musical adventure. We are back to a regular format, everybody. I am proud to say and happy to say, frankly. <laughs> and plenty more coming up at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org, and, of course, on the NSN app. Tears that shriek your weary face Your wounded soul will be consoled By the wonders of this place Laugh away the fears There's no need to be afraid This storm will pass See sunlight splash On these stones and on your face After these long days of sorrow After these long nights and there'll come a time to leave the sadness behind We'll rejoice again after this black night passes A new light will dawn and you'll see Look how it shines, follow the signs Nachamu Keep your head up high You're young and you'll be smiling soon There's no need to cry Just smile and dry the tears The day will soon be gone We'll rise again Throw off these chains 
חודשים שהחיים כל כך קשים, מה יהיה עוד יום עוד שנה? אבל אני מחייך, לא דואג להמשך, כי יש לי, יש לי אמונה. לפעמים מרגישים שהחיים כל כך קשים, מה יהיה עוד יום עוד שנה? אבל אני מחייך, לא דואג להמשך, כי יש לי, יש לי אמונה. אני... Monday morning broadcast here at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial. Welcome to those who are listening in on the uh, Catskills radio station as they, as you head into the uh, New York, New Jersey area on a Monday morning. Those of you who are off this week, a lot of people like taking off this week before Nachamu. If you're off, make sure you take us with you. NSN app is the perfect way to do so anywhere around the world. I know next week there'll be people off and obviously the week before school. 
as well. Make sure no matter what week you're away, <clears throat> if you are away, you take us with you with the NSN app. It's a perfect way to stay tuned in to all of our great programming. Yaakov Shweki with Mamin Bini Sim. You heard Yaeli Klein, Va'afilu. Avremo, Avram Freed's Afrelech and Tishabov. Aryeh Kunstler's Nachamu by request. Yesh Tikva was done by Benny Friedman. Monday at JM in the AM on this August 15th, the 11th of Menachemov. Hope your fast was fast and good and meaningful. And uh, here we are as we build up to Tuba'av on Friday. Shabbos Nachamu this coming Shabbos with 79 degrees, 78% humidity, winds west at 4 miles an hour. Partly cloudy and a high of 91.1. Then tonight, partly cloudy, a low of 77. Tomorrow, scattered thunderstorms. High temperature of 87 degrees. The heat wave continues. Yerushalayim is at 82, a lot at 97. Up at Guilford, New York, we say hi to our friends at Camp Missouri. We're there at 65 degrees at wake-up time. And um, there's an article that I just have to reference. I have to reference this. Mentioned it last week. Tomorrow is the big day. Nefesh B'Nefesh celebrates its 50,000th immigrant to Israel. Who will they designate as Mr. or Miss 50,000? I have no idea. <laughs> but they are celebrating their 50,000th immigrant to Israel. Uh, 233 North Americans will arrive in Israel Wednesday on the Boeing 777 chartered by Nefesh Benefesh and officially will make Aliyah on Wednesday, August the 17th. They leave from JFK tomorrow, and it's interesting. Usually they leave from JFK on a Monday. But because of Tisha B'av, they made it to Tuesday. Give everyone the extra day after Tisha B'av. And then we had this whole scare yesterday at the JFK. So I guess it's good that um, it was postponed for a day or at least done a day later than usual. The flight is being facilitated in cooperation with Israel's Ministry of Aliyah and Immigrant Absorption, the Jewish Agency for Israel, Karen Kayemet, JNF USA, and Sofim Garin Sabar. The passengers include 75 young men and women who will become Israeli citizens and volunteer in the IDF. They are moving to Israel as lone soldiers, youngsters who left their families in the U.S. and Canada to move to Israel and volunteer for the Israeli army. They'll join the over 900 lone soldiers in the U.S. and the 3,000 lone soldiers from around the world who are currently serving in the IDF. The flight's other passengers include a diverse mix of people from 22 United States and one Canadian province, including... 24 families, 78 children, and 10 medical professionals. The ages of the immigrants tomorrow range from three and a half weeks to 85 years old. Wow. I guess there's hope for everybody. With this flight, Nefesh Benefesh celebrates its 50,000th immigrant brought to Israel with the organization founded in 2002. The special welcome ceremony at Ben Gurion Airport, and boy, I will miss not being there for this. Uh, will include President Rivlin, Minister Hanegbi, Minister of Aliyah and Immigrant Absorption, Sofa Landver, Director of the Aliyah Absorption and Special Operations Unit of the Jewish Agency, Yehuda Sharf, Chairman of Garin Sabar, Eli Ben Yosef, and co-founders of Nefesh Benefesh, of course, Rabbi Yoshua Fass and Tony Gilbart. So, if anybody in this audience is one of the Olim or is family with one of the Olim, uh, who will be there uh, tomorrow at JFK Airport and Wednesday at Ben Gurion Airport. We are going to try our best to make it over there to JFK tomorrow to say a bon voyage to everybody and wish Mazal Tov to everyone. Uh, we will not be on this flight, uh, which seems like it's going to be one of the... Well, every flight's amazing, but I don't know. There's a personality to the flight that includes so many of the lone soldiers that's just amazing. Uh, but we will uh, we'll hopefully be there at JFK tomorrow. 
and uh, wish everyone well and um, get set to announce the the actual Aliyah when they get there on Wednesday to Israel. And, of course, there'll be a webcast from Nefesh B'Nefesh. So many people love staying up to watch that and to see the incredible sight of all these soldiers and all these families making Aliyah, starting off the brand-new season post-Tisha B'Av in the brand-new experience of living in Israel. Just incredible. Anyway, it's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial broadcasting live. In the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org, and of course on the NSN app. And I am proud that we were able to uh, present on the NSN app and through the website so much great programming. Uh, provided by our very own Matis Weingast, and then provided by the uh, wonderful people of the OU, Rabbi Weiland Company, and then provided by uh, Charlie Harari and all the wonderful people at Project Inspire to wrap up Tisha B'Av. We were able to do that on our stream all through the day yesterday. A big thank you to both Avrami and to ZK for supervising the entire operation so our listeners and viewers can take advantage of our website and tune in and make it an even more meaningful Tisha B'Av. And again, a shout-out to those who made it through the heat to the Isaiah Wall for Mincha yesterday, which is always a uh, a wonderful tradition across from the United Nations. I heard there were over 100 people there. As I told Glenn Richter, my feet and the heat kept me away, but uh, I was so proud that so many JMN listeners were there yesterday for Mincha at the Isaiah Wall. Kolakavod. Galaitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Monday is next. Boker Tov from JMN. גלי צהל השעה שתיים, כאן נוגה קליין עם מה שקורה עכשיו. הפרקליטות תגיש כתב אישום נגד ראש עיריית אשקלון, איתמר שמעוני. כתבתנו הדס שטייף. לאחר חודשי החקירה הארוכים, בהם נחקר ראש עיריית אשקלון איתמר שמעוני, נמצא כי יש ראיות להגשת כתבי אישום נגדו ונגד אחיו. החשדות קבלת שוחד, מרמה, הפרת אמונים והלבנת הון. במהלך החקירה עלה גם חשד כי שמעוני קיים יחסי מרות עם שתיים מהנשים שעבדו תחתיו. מהחקירה עלה כי שמעוני חתם על הסכמי פיצוי עם אותן נשים, ונדרש לגייס יותר ממיליון שקלים על מנת לעמוד בהסכם. שר הביטחון אביגדור ליברמן אומר כי המשפט הצבאי צריך להתנהל ללא הפרעות. זאת הרקע משפטו של החייל היורה אלאור עזריה. כתבנו אריאל זיגלר שמע את ליברמן ואת הנשיא ריבלין בטקס השבעת שופטים צבאיים. השיח הציבורי רבוי בימים הללו בטענות ביחס למערכת המשפט הצבאי. עלינו לזכור כי הדין הצבאי על מכלול פרטיו מעוגן בחקיקה שהתקבלה במוסדות הדמוקרטיים של מדינת ישראל. גם כשיש רעשי רקע מבחוץ, צריך לדעת להתעלם מהם ולפסוק על פי דין צדק. הותר לפרסום כי כוחות הביטחון עצרו פלסטיני בן 21 שחשוד בביצוע פיגוע סמוך למחסום חיזמה לפני כשנתיים וחצי בו נפצע שוטר באורח בינוני. כתבנו ענבל תמיר. המחבל מוחמד אבו חנק, תושב אזור בית לחם, נמלט מהמקום. כעת הוא נעצר בפעילות משותפת של שב"כ, צה"ל ומשטרת מחוז שי והודה בחקירתו כי ביצע את הפיגוע בעקבות רצונו להתאבד. שמונה שוהים בלתי חוקיים תושבי השטחים, ביניהם אחד ממשוחררי עסקת שליט, אותרו ברעננה. נגד השמונה נפתח הליך פלילי. 
שר הבריאות יעקב ליצמן הודף את הטענות כי ויתר על רפורמת הסיעוד במסגרת דיוני התקציב ואומר יישום הרפורמה הובטח בהסכמים הקואליציוניים כל קשיש יזכה לביטוח סיעודי ממלכתי. כתבתנו טל זרביב שמעה אותו. מעולם לא חלמתי לוותר על זה, על הרפורמה. גם אם בישיבת ממשלה התקציב העליתי את הנושא וגם נגידת בנק ישראל תמכה בזה. אני בטוח שזה ראש ממשלה כפי שהוא חתום להסכם קואליציוני ומקיים כל ההסכם קואליציוני. בטורקיה פיצוץ נשמע בדרום מזרח המדינה, על פי דיווחים ראשוניים במקום נפגעים רבים. כתבנו נתנאל דרשן. על פי דיווחים ראשוניים בתקשורת הטורקית, מטען שהיה בתוך אוטובוס התפוצץ בכביש בין מחוז דיאר בקיר למחוז ביסמיל בדרום מזרח טורקיה. לפי שעה דווח על מספר רב של נפגעים וכוחות רפואה רבים הגיעו למקום מלווים בכוחות משטרה. האזור נחשב למעוז כורדי, ולאחרונה בוצעו שם מספר פיגועים על ידי המחתרת הכורדית. מזג האוויר, מחר ירידה נוספת בטמפרטורות והקלה בעומס החום. ולסיום, נמשך דירוג כוכבי המלונות הרשמי של משרד התיירות. תעודות הוענקו היום לחמישה מלונות ברשת דן, בין היתר למלון המלך דוד בירושלים, שזכה לדירוג המרבי, חמישה כוכבים פלוס. כתבנו ניתאי ענבי שמע את שר התיירות יריב לוין. זה מהלך נוסף במאמץ שאנחנו עושים לשפר את המוצר התיירותי הישראלי שהאזרח מקבל כאשר הוא מזמין חדר במלון. על מנת שידע היטב מה השירותים שהוא מקבל ויוכל להעריך האם התשלום שהוא משלם אכן נענה בשירות כפי שמגיע לו. אלה החדשות שעורכת חן רביב.
J.M. in the A.M. on this Monday, and a uh, request has come in. A couple of wonderful people who are driving down to Hollywood, Florida, want to hear this song from the Miami Boys in honor of their trip. They are now in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. So we'll send this out to them. Miami Boys with this classic. Dedicated to all the Hassanim and Kalas who are getting married as wedding season kicks off today. Mazal Tov from all of us at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Itzhani, done by Avram, Avram Fried from the brand new album, Bring the House Down. Uh, before that, you heard Silva Zemmer, their Nachamu from the very original, well, from the original, I should say, uh, uh, Silva Zemmer Boys Choir, volume number one. And uh, you heard Miami with Meheira, and that was done, um, that was done to fulfill a request of uh, two people are heading down to Hollywood, Florida, and right now are in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, listening in to us at jmnam.org on the NSN app. 
And they say, after they heard the song, they say, we appreciate being able to listen. No matter where you are over the next few weeks, if you're on vacation or anywhere around this globe, make sure you're tuned in to the NSN app and listening in to JM and the AM on a, a daily basis. Why would you want to miss it? I'm sure you wouldn't. And um, opened up the hour with Yehuda, brand new from his uh, CD, entitled Rock L'Kayim Mitzvos, with uh, Hodu Lashem. 21 minutes after 7 o'clock. Good morning, it's JM and the AM. I, I mentioned weddings, and I didn't realize I have a cousin getting married in Israel tonight. Yeah. It's happening in Givat Shaul. want to wish a Mazel Tov to... Um, to a Baelish Siegel and Zevi Ravitz and to uh, Mr. and Mrs. Mordechai and Shalva Siegel Cohen and Mr. and Mrs. Avraham and Chani Ravitz. That wedding is taking place in Givat Shaul tonight. Mazalta from all of us here at JM in the AM. This is our, uh, this is the uh, daughter of my late cousin Chaim Siegel. And uh, we wish uh, the entire family, both families, a very special Mazda from all of us here at JMNAM. And as I said earlier, the wedding season, in fact, kicks off today. Mazal Tov. Speaking of Mazal Tov, we say Mazal Tov to everybody who's spending their final full day in North America as non-Olim, as non-citizens and residents of the state of Israel. Nefesh Benefesh leaves tomorrow. 50,000th Ole will be on the plane that they've taken to Israel. 50,000 that Nefesh Benefesh has taken over the last 14 years. And it'll include over 70 lone soldiers, plenty of families, age range uh, among the Olim, three and a half weeks to 85 years old. It is just an amazing thing. We're taking it for granted uh, too often these days because of the amazing work that Nefesh Nefesh is doing. But it's just uh, just incredible, just incredible. So that happens tomorrow. We say Mazal Tov. From all of us here at JM and the AM. Mayor Fernig sent me uh, earlier this morning... A, a brand new Nachamu Ami, perfect for Shabbos Nachamu week, um, produced by Nochi Krohn, and uh, composed and performed by Avrami Spitz. Here it is, Nachamu, brand new at JM in the AM. Yerushalayim 
Spitz, a um, a uh, Nachamu composed and performed by Avrami, produced by Nochi Krohn, Arie Kunstler, many other great violinists, many other great violinists, many other great musicians uh, appear on that uh, on that tune. Uh, brand new for you uh, here at JM. They want to thank Mayor Furtick for calling our attention to that. JM and the AM at 29 minutes after 7 o'clock on this Monday with 79 degrees, partly cloudy, and a high temperature of 91.1. Thanks so much for tuning in as we are back <clears throat> to our regular format here at JM and the AM. Make sure to be tuned in from uh, 6 till 9 a.m. every single morning. Don't forget, we're followed by amazing programming on our stream all day long at jmtheam.org. Today, it's a live edition of the Israel Show. What else would you expect from Mayor Weingarten? Now that it's behind us, the Israel Show takes a look at Tisha B'Av from a different angle. Thoughts about commemorating Tisha B'Av in the United Jerusalem under Jewish sovereignty. Never before in Jewish history were Jews in this unique situation. We can touch the Churban. We can feel the Geula. The regular Israeli music mix is back with a focus on Jerusalem. Tune in right after JM and the AM on the stream via the NSN app. And don't forget to like the Israel Show Facebook page, page facebook.com slash the Israel Show, facebook.com slash the Israel show and uh, you'll be able to uh, take full advantage of Mayor's incredible programming between 9 and 10 every single Monday morning. J.M. in the A.M. 7.30 in the morning over David Goldwasser's words Echanish Basar of Zebenavis of Alevi and Esther Basarvis of Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We read in Shayo Nachamu Nachamu Ami Yoimar Loikechem Comfort, comfort my people says Hashem Speak consolingly of Yerushalayim and proclaim to her that the period of exile has been completed. Our Chachom stayed in Brachos, B'mokam Shabale Tshuva Oimdin, in the position that people who do Tshuva can achieve, even the completely righteous cannot access. To elucidate this statement, the Koch of Miyakov gives a parable. The daughter of a very wealthy family was marrying a simple bocher from a small neighboring village. The only stipulation the rich man made was that the father of the chosun should get a suitable, respectable wardrobe for his son, as befits the husband of a woman that comes from a well-to-do family. The father of the chosun, of course, he tried his best to comply with the request. The day before the wedding, the chosun arrived in town with his family, and they stayed overnight at the local inn. The next day... The rich man accompanied by his large family, they were all dressed in their beautiful and expensive wedding finery, stopped in to see the chassan and his family. The chassan and their family were greatly distressed. The father explained that that night robbers had stolen the chassan's luggage which contained all the clothing and the belongings. The father of the Kali immediately reassured them he sent his servants out to buy a splendid wardrobe for the chassan. After the beautifully majestic chuppah, the rich man tendered a huge suda. The participants at the simcha noticed that the father of the chosun was crying. You have been zoichet to marry your son to the daughter of a very well-established family. Why are you so troubled? This is an occasion of great simcha. The mechutin replied, Don't you understand? 
Haven't you heard that all the clothing that I bought from my son was stolen? They asked him, Why are you so upset about that? The father of the Kala already replaced the clothing, which are even better than the originals. But the father of the Chassan still was inconsolable. He said, Why would I need his presence in Chesed for that? I already possess those things. The audience, of course, laughed at him. They tried to explain to him how foolish he was being, how great his fortune was. You believe that you already owned all that you needed. Don't you realize what you had in your luggage wasn't even appropriate for the standards of such well-to-do people? When they would have seen the clothing you purchased, they would have found them to be sorely lacking. Now that they have expended the money and they bought a new wardrobe for your son, you can rest assured that he won't lack for anything. This is the message of Hashem. All of his life, the tzaddik amasses mitzvah samasim toivim, good deeds, to take along with him to the Olam Ha'emes. After 120 years, when he comes up to heaven, the Bezin Shomayla, the heavenly court, assesses all his mitzvah samasim toivim and find them to be deficient. This is because of the diktuk of each mitzvah. The careful observation of mitzvahs has no defined limit. However, the one who has done tshuva has cast off his former averis. In turn, Hashem has given him a new wardrobe, like it says in Masech Yuma, Gedoyle tshuva, how great is tshuva, that the individual's averis, his sins, are converted to merits. These new clothes of merits, which have been fashioned directly by Hashem, are of the highest level of perfection. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
the AM. Seven seven thirty nine on this Monday, twenty one minutes before eight o'clock, as we are back in our regular format here at JM in the AM. Uh, that's not Sliach done by Yaakov Shweki. We're actually going to break from our uh, brand new, or I should say, our uh, regular format for a few minutes because uh, we have a special guest. Uh, we have special guests in our studio um, here at JM and the AM on this Monday morning. When uh, Derek Saker, who's here today, he's considered a special guest. Good morning, Derek. Good morning, Nakam. When he told me that somebody would be here from OHEL to speak about uh, the topic of uh, foster care and encouraging parents out there to consider opening their homes, uh, and we'll find out just what the need is in a few minutes, um, I didn't realize at that time that he would bring along a representative of the Schickman family, a family that is legendary when it comes to foster care. Oh, you got to turn that back the way it was. There you go. Yeah. All right. Right. Good. Excellent. Thank you. Um, and Svi Schickman is here this morning, and we say good morning at JM and the AM. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. The uh, last time you were in this building. A long, long time ago. Based on, <laughs> based on our investigation quickly a few minutes before we started, it seems over 10 years ago. I guessed about three, four years ago. No, one more, one more than that. <laughs> it was over 10 years ago. The Schickman family at that time, your parents specifically, were honored by OHEL. And um, we had, what would it have been, five of their children in the studio? Five, six? Yeah, you had me, uh, Tammy, Dawn, Panina, Leah. So, yeah, uh, five of us were, unbelievable. were crammed on. Right, right here. Right here at that <laughs> no, table. No, right? I remember the table. with these two people here. <laughs> well, complain may be the wrong word, but uh, I'm sure it was exciting as I remembered having them here. And explain to our audience why the Schickmans, your parents, are in fact so heroic. All the foster parents are heroic. We know that, and you can expound on that. But tell us specifically why they get special commendation. They uh, they did something that uh, I always wanted as a kid. Uh, they, the really just long story, really really short. They took in all of us and reunited a family that was literally split apart. And at the end of the day, they, they took us all in under one roof. How many and of you were there uh, that were split apart? There were four of us that were split apart. Uh, the, the girls went one way. Uh, right. I went my own way initially. And then they found out I was a twin, so that benefited me. Right. And they put Panina and I together. And then Dawn and Tammy went to their first and only Jewish foster home, which was actually the Schickmans. Right. And then Panina and I went through another series of homes. And then a number of years later, the Schickmans... Uh, took us in uh they pretty much even before that kind of took us in one of the things that uh i did do was uh i was actually called them even from day one even before i lived there i actually called them mom and dad i i actually never referred to them as bernie and uh, bernie and elaine like i did in my in my other foster parents because hey. you know it's just something that i always felt they they earned that Svi shikman is here so explain to our audience how old you and your sister were, it's a twin sister, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. when this was going on, when all this, you know, traveling around, so to speak, and then finally, you know, landing at the Schickman home happened? Oh, Lord. Uh, we started, I'll say, our travelings w- through foster care. We actually didn't know we were Jewish until we were probably around seven or eight years old. So prior to that, we were with actually the non-Jewish foster care agencies right. and then found out that we were Jewish, then moved over to Ohel, um, and then, uh, you know, I remember being intru- I remember being introduced to a yarmulke. I was like, 
What is that? <laughs> I don't know what it was. So I how, used it as a frisbee. <laughs> I didn't know. So how old were you when you became a permanent resident in the Schickman home? Uh, officially, officially, 11. I was about 11, 11, somewhere between 11 and 12. So those three years, as difficult as the first eight years were, those three were more difficult, different? What would you say? Um, I would say they were they were different. Uh, I wouldn't. In some cases, they were more difficult uh, than others, uh, depending on which home I was in, and you know, so on and so forth. Uh, and the sisters who are with the Schickmans are older or younger than you? Actually, one is younger, and one is older. All right. And was there a a longing for them? Was there a longing on your part to be with the entire sibling group? Definitely, definitely, definitely. And uh, and, and under normal circumstances, that cannot be facilitated. Generally, it's very difficult. I remember sitting in the car one summer. My Bernie and Elaine had take, they took us in for the summer uh, just to go to Camp Avenet and uh, a bunch of other camps. And they so the four of you together. With four of us were together, and I, I'll never forget that summer. And I remember sitting in the back of the car, uh, and I and I say to her, I refer to her as my mother just all right. the time. And Elaine, I remember taking me for a pair of Shabbos shoes, and she asked me in the car, and uh, uh, I was literally sitting in the back seat in the middle, looking at her through the mirror. Uh, and she said, you know, if you could have anything that you want in the world, what would it be? Anything you want. And I sat and I, I, I thought about it for a second. She was I referring to, she wanted like a toy, right. or, you know, a piece of clothing, right. something, I don't know. And I just looked at her dead straight. I remember our eyes looking at each other from the backseat to the rearview mirror. And I said to her, anything in the world? She said, yeah. I said, to be reunited under one roof. That's all I want. I with, don't want With else. your three siblings. With my siblings. That's it. And she adjusted the mirror. Like that, I shouldn't see that she literally she was actually crying, and uh, I I uh, I never forgot that. And she, all the years later, I'll never forget the the next phone call. All those years later in Camp Aguda, where I was, uh, I got a phone call from Camp Aguda with the social worker on the phone, and then Bernie Land on the other line saying, "Remember a number of years ago, I asked you that very question," and I said yes, and she said, "Well, you're coming home." And that was, I'll say, the beginning of the end. The next day, there was a car service there, and it was like, you know, that was it. Were you celebrating? Oh, man. I, I can't even begin to tell you. I, I really, I can't even begin to tell you. Celebrating is an understatement. Svi Schickman is here. So when you hear of cases, Jewish or not, where siblings are separated, you're one of the few people who understand what that child is going through. Um, yep. Definitely. And it's... I mean, I guess painful would be, I used the word longing earlier, but that's on one side of the issue. I guess the other side would be painful, would be sure. an empty feeling. Yeah, uh, it's the unknown. It's the unknown. You don't know what's going to be. At the end of the day, you have no clue what's going to be. And as hard as that is, you have two options. You either make it the best that you can for what it is at that moment, or you could choose to go down the other road of which is not the good road. All right. The day. And if this is happening at the age of 11, meaning if that's when that's how old you are when the four of you are reunited, is this the first time since when that you were together under one roof? Since what age that you were together under one roof? Since we were separated. Which so was, that was around, around five. So five, you five, five years old. Years, when five, you were five years, years old. Yeah. Yeah, five, six years, something like that. And it, like I said, I was actually initially separated from my actual sisters. It, it was just me alone. Right. And then when we found out we were twins. So they put you together. They put the two twins together. They had Rahmanas. Uh, I guess. <laughs> actually, I heard a rumor that uh, it's, it's illegal to separate twins. So uh, if that's true, <laughs> right. well, thank you, Hashem. Right. For making that <laughs> yeah, rule. Yeah, at least make that rule or the fact <laughs> that you made me a twin. And then, um, you know, Panina and I stayed together from that point forward, even in, in the non-Jewish foster homes. And then Tammy and Dawn stayed together, right. even in their non-Jewish foster homes. Uh, and then when we were transferred over to Ohel. 
So, so you're in high school, and you're sitting around in the living room Friday night, you know, and everyone's schmoozing. And in addition to the three siblings you have, the Schickmans have how many other children? So they have two of their own, right. Gary and uh, Lisa. Right. Uh, We've spoken to Gary, I think, on the air, if I'm not mistaken. Um, maybe it was may- Lisa. But may- I know we spoke maybe it was Lisa. And the Schickmans, uh, you know, they, they have also... You know, opened up their home to right. anyone and everyone. We had a we referred to it as a revolving door. Right. So you're, you're you're Friday night sitting and schmoozing with everybody in the family. Does the topic of mom and dad? What were you thinking before all this ever come up? Were you ever presented with the with the with the line of thinking that went into your parents uh, doing all this? No, it was just to them. It was natural. It just that's just what needed to get done. It's just something that they felt and. They went after it, and uh, and it's possible that if not for this sibling relationship, they would have had two foster children, and 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 that would have been it, so to speak. Yeah. Once they found out about the situation, it became obvious what your wish was, et cetera, et cetera. They worked to get everybody together. Yeah. And then thereafter, they they took in another uh, girl, right. if you will, her another uh, Le- Le- her name was Leia. Not related to you. Not related to us. Till now. Right. Till she's still living with us to this day. Right. She's my, I treat her no differently. She is my sister. Right. And uh, I yell, kick, and scream at her as any uh, was, as anybody else. I was going to say <laughs> yeah. she gets the benefits and consequences of that. Right? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, vice versa. She yells, kicks, and screams just like anything else. So it was. You know, I, again, the the relationship. And I remember, you know, when Leia came for that one job is. She had no clue uh, that we were actually foster children. She just thought uh, when she was there for that one Shabbos, she, she just was joining thought a family. That she was just, not even joining a family. She was just there for Shabbos because right. at that time her foster family had gone away, and Ohel put her with us for Shabbos. And then um, shortly thereafter, when she, I remember her actually saying to me, she, we were, I don't know, we were talking about life, and she's like, you, you, you don't even know what I'm going through, and I'm like, try me. <laughs> you, you know, think and, I don't know and, what and then going. she was like, no. So she started saying, she goes, you know, I'm a foster child, and this and that, and I'm like. Ah, little newsflash. <laughs> you see all these kids? She's like, yeah. I'm like, we're in the same boat. She's like, no way. I'm like, do I look like him? You know, I was like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> look at my parents. Like, yes, we call him mom and dad. She's like, she didn't get it. And thereafter, she, we, you know, we put two and two together. And How old were you when she moved in? Um, I was about... 13 or 14. Oh, this is a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. And this is early on. Yeah, early on. So I begged my mom for another boy. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Mom, right, I'm like, please. I'm like, can I get a boy? <laughs> I'm like, we can actually choose. We have you know, connections. <laughs> There's a system. Can I, <laughs> can I get a boy? Because Gary, like, deserted me. He went off to college and this and that. And it's just me, my dad, and... A lot women. of girls, and I'm just like, please, <laughs> get me a boy. Uh, Tzvi Schickman is here. Uh, he, nobody can... Uh, uh, can talk about foster care like he and his siblings can, um, and uh, the the amazing praise that your parents get is well deserved, as you've pointed out many times, and we 100%. have as well. It was great having them here and speaking to them on the air, and when they were honored at the OHEL dinner, it's hard to believe it was so long ago. Derek Saker's here. Derek, of course, is director of communications at OHEL, and you have included the Schickmans. On the ohelfamily.org page that is dedicated to foster care. And for those who think that they're the only foster care story, there are many others. Correct, Eric? Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just to be clear, I mean, uh, since 1969, which is nearly 48 years, um, Ohul has uh, taken care of over 2,500 foster children. Um, and um, the, we've just launched a very significant c- campaign 
to try and recruit foster foster parents. Um, and in fact, we've taken a line from Elaine Schickman herself yeah. um, in terms of this campaign, which reads, if there's room in your heart, there's space in your house. And, uh, you know, El- Elaine and Bernie would, be would be the first to admit that even though we're, we're obviously showing our Kara Satov and we're, they were phenomenal foster parents, um, uh, the fact is that um, uh, they weren't superhuman. They were just, you know, incredible people who had obviously a big heart and opened up their home to children with, with foster care. And in large part, the campaign that we're running at the moment um, actually addresses many of the myths associated within foster care. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them being uh, is that very often people feel um, that you have to be superhuman to be a foster parent. Um, and that's just not the case. If we look at all our different foster parents uh, from different walks of life, uh, of different ages. And they different are, in fact, not superhuman? They are, they are, certainly, <laughs> they are certainly exceptional individuals. Yeah, that I know. They, are. Uh, they just seem superhuman to people like me, that's all. <laughs> exactly. Um, but they are, they are just people that, uh, that took up the mantle of responsibility in the community and, uh, and uh, opened up their homes. You know, it's funny. Our introduction to OHEL, and you could ask people like uh, Mel Zachter and Mike Zakheim at that time, um, started because of an emergency. Because they, they called us and said, we got to get more foster parents. This is, it seems to me like it's sort of peaks and valleys. Are there times when there are enough foster parents and, and times when it's a I desperate situation? You, I can tell you this, that over the last, at least the last two, three years, we've had a definitive increase in the number of foster children coming into over. So the need is much greater. The need is much greater twofold. The need is much greater actually threefold. First of all, there's just a general increase in foster children coming through the doors. Second of all, there's an increase of foster children with special needs and there's an increase of children that are teenagers. Mm. You know, uh, it's the epitomizes, I guess, the... Um, um, the significant challenge, particularly in our community, where very often, of course, when uh, there is abuse or neglect in a home, uh, we're not talking about a home where there's only one child. There's one, two, three, or four, five children. Right. And so <coughs> as, as challenge, challenging as it is to uh, place a child in a foster home, um, very often there's two or three or four children. Um, and um, and uh, obviously we'd like to keep the, fa- the children mm-hmm. together. So that in itself is a, is a, is a, is a significant challenge. But one of, the, uh, one of the additional challenges here, particularly to be honest in New York City, where, we, where obviously we provide foster care, is that there is a false sense of security by numbers. In other words, I think by and large many people in the community are aware that there are Jewish children who need foster care. Mm-hmm. But I think that for many people they understand it as like, you know, never, you know, someone else will step forward. Mm-hmm. You know, with such a large community, someone else will take responsibility. Someone else will find the space in their home. Um, and, and then very few people actually step forward. Uh, I remember we did a major campaign actually a few years ago, um, and it was a national campaign, and we got calls from Chicago and Los Angeles and Baltimore, whatever, but very few calls actually from New York City, which is, you know, the only area that we actually operate uh, as a licensed foster care provider. Um, and uh, this this was part and parcel of the challenge that here in New York, because it is such a large community, that very often people just feel that someone else will, will um, take the responsibility mm-hmm. and, uh, and help a, a child in need. Outside of the finances, what do 
prospective foster parents need to know? What do they know, need to know about the process, how difficult it is, how, how vetted they will become? What do they need to know? So I think the most important thing to know is that, you know, when, when people think about becoming foster parents, it's not an overnight decision. In other words, it's not like you call Ohel, you have to, you know, you're thinking about should I call, should I not call? It's a, it's a right, long... Right, the next day they'll be delivering exactly. somebody. Exactly, next right. day, you know, we're going <laughs> to arrive with a child and that's it, you know, with a... They'll know, be delivering a, me. With a satchel <laughs> and some food, a voucher for the yeshiva and off we go. Um, it, is a, it, it is a methodical process. It's a process of training over six to eight weeks where basically the prospective foster parents and OHL determine whether they are the right types of people for this. So it's a mutual decision uh, that's arrived at. Um, and so the um, all we, so at least in terms uh, initially um, the, uh, the idea is just to get people interested um, and to inquire about the possibility of foster parenting and then themselves to take that step um, in embarking on a, on a training program. But it's not an overnight, uh, obviously yeah. it's not an overnight decision but we provide a, of course a whole gamut of support and services. You mentioned the financial, uh, obviously through, f- through our fundraising efforts we pay towards uh, right. uh, yeshiva tuition, we pay yeah. towards camp, we have many children actually at uh, Camp Cayley. But I guess um, that's the easy part when you think about it, in terms yes. of training, you know. Yes. That, that's something that's there and can be worked Correct. out. But, what I'm, but certainly, you know, the day after, as it were, when, when, foster par- when a child is uh, uh, um, put in the home of foster parents, there's 24-7 support. Right. There's support by our social workers, that is there's medical support. There's, uh, you felt it? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. One of the things that OHEL did, I remember as a, as, as a kid, was the support, you know, not only from the foster parent side, the social workers always came. I remember, you know, one time I got into a spat with, uh, actually, it was Bernie. And I know shocker, and um, I was like, on, you know, he said something that I didn't like, and I got on the phone and mean, I know El Hell's number eight five one sixty three hundred. You know, I know that number hard. I had it in speed dial. Like, calls for kids. I called him up and I was like, Do you know what he just said to me? And he was like, Well, did you deserve it? And I was like, What? You're defending him or me? Like what? The, you know? But Oh Hell always made sure that we had. They don't just support the parents, which is also important. They also supported us, and I felt that from uh, from the the point of they even though we lived in separate foster homes at the time, I I, I remember they they, they they would put us together for Shabbosim. Mm. And whatever the cab cost, I remember Tavor, I think that that was the cab company in wow, the park. Sure. Whatever it is, Tavor Car Service. <laughs> they would um they would pick us up and they would just whether we take us out to the Shikmans in, in Patchogue when they lived in Patchogue, Long Island at the time. And I, I made Bernie and Elaine write down the route of exactly how they should go to make sure that the car service is going the right way to make sure that we'd end up there. They would they would pay for that. I, I mean, I, I, there and back. Every little detail. You know, I, I was very, very, you know, very committed to making sure that we had the constant communication, not just physically seeing right. each other, but always I, also I calling. can tell you all, you know, I mean, all our social workers and, and our care providers are extremely dedicated, but particularly within foster care, where obviously the needs are, yeah. are, are immense. And very sensitive. And very, very sensitive, exactly. Um, b- best place to start, I guess, is on that special page. People can get a good uh, orientation. Yes, if they go to ohelfamily.org slash room in your heart. Um, it's a ohelfamily.org slash room in your heart. 
it, uh, the the the, uh, the details of the page, as I said uh, initially, are essentially there to uh, provide uh, to debunk many of the myths associated right. with foster care. And I've mentioned too another very important one is that very often people believe that they can make minimal impact. Right. People understand that these children, correctly so, they don't come from you know, uh, loving uh, normal homes or whatever. But uh, the, the impact they can make is transformative, and people lose sight because very often you know people assume you know everybody comes from a loving, stable, structured home, but these children do not. And so even you know a, a, a limited period as it were where they provided love and care is really transformative in, in, in their world whether they're in foster care for you know one day or 18 years um, you really can make a, you know a profound impact on the on the child sure uh, Derek Saker is here Tzvi Shikman is here Tzvi's been a foster child since he's five years old uh, can we still say foster child yeah even at this yeah, stage whatever, yeah. um, getting along with siblings who are not foster children in your family a major issue or something that the parents really control? No, not at all. Um, it doesn't become a... Uh, no, because Bernie and Elaine also took in, besides took in us, they, <clears throat> over the years there, after we, quote-unquote, were all settled in... A little older? Uh, and I didn't really so much so a little bit older. You know, they, a little bit within a few years. Right. I mean, you know, after Leia joined the family, uh, even thereafter, they took in, oh, man, I, I, I don't know how many... How many? Uh, a lot. Uh, Around... Hundred, uh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> no, 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 but seriously, 100. around no, pro- probably. Uh, How many 10, kids have gone through? Does the oh, ten went through the house? At least, uh, at least uh, something like that. But we, some we, of whom you'd remember at this point. Oh yeah, I would remember every single one of them. I, I, absolutely, yeah. And some of which, uh, you know, I myself have a little bit of contact with still. Uh, Were any of them boys? Yes. <laughs> Finally, huh? Yeah, we got some boys. They were younger, but uh, yes. Right. But, uh, but, you yeah. know, uh, uh, nothing, your question is very relevant because, again, this also addresses one of the myths within foster care is that people who are maybe are interested... They wonder what it'll do to the family they, dynamic. Exactly. They very often are sen- they very often are concerned of the negative impact right. on their own family. And, you know, w- we basically point to the record of our foster families that have taken in these children over the years. And in every case, certainly that we're aware of, with these foster families... Um, the foster families, the biological children, have been only enriched. Right. They've been only enriched by the experience. Right. And, you know, I, I understand and we're obviously sensitive to the concern that some people have in the sense of, you know, you know wh- why bring in individuals uh, which may be... Um, come from broken homes or uh, homes of abuse or neglect and you know we want to shield them and so forth but the argument that's made by these foster families uh, is that uh, this is the experiences of life and we live uh, in a perfectly imperfect world and um, their argument is that the sooner that as it were that their children are exposed um, in, in a structured way to some of the challenges beyond their own experience, mm-hmm. they grow from the experience and they are yeah. enriched by the experience and they are strengthened by the experience at an early age. Um, and, I, you know, again, we, I can understand the sensitivity, but at the same time, this is such as life. And oh, I believe all that. I just assume the first few days are difficult. I would assume there's a, sure. a period of adjustment sure. that has to be accounted for. With the new kids? Or yeah, just, eh, in general. Listen, that's, that's like anything else in life, right. but it's, it's what you make of it at right. the end of the day. One of, our, one of our videos we have actually is with Mira uh, Reinstein, Mintz, actually, and she was a, she was a, bi- she's a biological daughter to uh, Paul and, and late Giller Reinstein. 
and she actually lives in Israel right now. And um, the video is basically extremely powerful, and she talks about the whole experience. And as you say, uh, correctly so. Initially, it was a challenge. Right. You know, suddenly the you know new a new child in the home and. Uh, seemed rather invasive, but um, she elaborates, you know, very powerfully as to how the whole experience um, made her appreciate the value of her own family and her own upbringing. Ohelfamily.org/slash/room in your heart, and this is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at ninety one point nine and the FM Dial Broadcasting Live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org and of course on the NSN app. Derek Sakers here, Director of Communications at Ohelt V. Schickman, one of the legendary members of the Schickman family, known for their incredible foster care. Uh, he is here as well, and there is, again, a uh, shortage of foster parents in our community. You're encouraged to go to that website, ohelfamily.org, slash room in your heart, and consider and investigate becoming foster parents. There is a need, a great need at this time. By the way, do we exclude New Jersey residents? Is this only New York residents we're speaking really, to? Yes, correct. At the moment, yes. we are addressing New York residents, which I assume is all five boroughs or even New York State? Correct. All which five one? boroughs. Just the five boroughs in New York. All right, so that would be the... The only caveat we'd have to um, we'd have to mention at this point, uh, Tzvi Shikman. I don't know how personal I can get on the air, but I'll ask you nonetheless. You're married at this point, right? Yep. Was how many years? Uh, ten years. Just Is was there ever a point where someone said to your fiance, "You're dating <laughs> or ready to marry a foster child"? Uh, no, no, it did not. Nothing no, like that. No, she, she, <laughs> uh, I, that was. Uh, I, she actually knew me for quite a number of years. Her name is Limor. And she uh, knew me for quite a number of years uh, through high school and whatnot, and we had a lot of mutual friends. And there was not even a. And that was that. That was yeah. That was pretty much <laughs> match made in heaven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you have your own children? And, uh, yes, I have uh, actually uh, my daughter. I mean, um, Kayla. She is uh, three and a half years old, and my wife is uh, expecting uh, wow. identical twins. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's what I said. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, um, the the, the uh, question, of course, that I'm sure is going through everybody's mind out there, would you consider ever becoming a foster parent? 100%. I you would? 100%. Would your I, siblings say the same thing? Yeah. I, I think in time, uh, when they're ready. Right. At the right is, time. At right. the right time. But, yes, actually, that, that was one of the very questions, I, I kid you not, you can actually ask my wife this. When we started to date, I literally said to her, I have a few questions that I need to ask you. And mm. and they weren't what kind of tablecloth you use? Huh? No, no, not even close. <laughs> a but, little bit more important. But in all seriousness, things one of the questions was, and I seriously said this to her, um, and I don't expect an answer right now, I said right. to her, was would you, would, you be op- would you be willing to open your home to foster children with OHO? And she didn't even hesitate. She said uh, 100%. And then she kind of threw the other question at me was, would I be willing to open up my home to her sibling, right. and she has a she has a mentally and physically handicapped brother. Wow! Uh, that uh, you know, eventually, you know, right. somewhere down the line, we may end up. And I said to her, uh, "There's nothing to talk about." Of course, I would. So it was that was in the sense, like you said, that match made in heaven. That I would open up my certainly my heart, if you will, to her brother, and vice versa. She'd open up her heart, if you will, to and and you know, m- my daughter. I'm sure you know she's surrounded by a million and one different kids and whatever it is and she she's just you know she she'll take on anything she'll just roll with the punches unbelievable it's not a question life is funny huh yeah yeah definitely. And, and more on the personal side is there is there a need or desire to know more about your quote unquote real parents 
Um, I wouldn't use the word need. Uh, curiosity might be that one, but I, I actually am aware of my, my biological mom. Uh, I have met her. I have seen her. Uh, don't really have much to do with her. Uh, my and if I asked this question to the four siblings, would I get different answers? They have actually, they only, the only one time that they had seen her uh, was uh, at my grandfather's unfortunate uh, funeral. Um, that was it. <clears throat> and I remember the interaction actually between my mother, and I say my mother as an Elaine Schickman, mm-hmm. not, not Ariella, um, and Ariella. And I was actually a little, little nervous uh, when they had gone up to each other. And I was like, in my head, I was like, what, what's going to happen? What is going to happen here? Because that was, you can't set that up. There's no, you know. And I remember Ariella actually thanking my mother, saying, uh, you know, thank you for for raising my kids. Wow. And wow. Our, my mother responded. You heard the line? I heard the line. And my mother's response was, Elaine's response was, um, no, thank you for giving me these wonderful kids. And she said, you, you don't even know what you missed. I think that three uh, you know, is, you know, deep love for uh, Elaine and Bernie who are his parents sure. speaks, are. speaks to um, the issue of the, um, the maximist um, influence that a foster parent can make on a child. No, no question um, about it. And, um, yeah, yeah. One of the things I, I knew as a kid growing up, you know, sometimes people ask me, why didn't I call them Bernie and Elaine? Right. And I, as opposed to mom and dad. I said, we're taught from a young age to call your prospective parents, mom or dad, Imar Abba. I said, in my case, that was earned. That right to be called mom and dad was a, was a privilege. Bernie and Elaine had definitely earned that right, 100%. And they deserve that. And certainly I gave them that honor, right. and as well as my siblings. We and that is what a mom and dad is. They, to do what they did at the end of the day, that's... Yeah. We actually have one of the videos on the on the pages, Journey to New Beginnings, and part of that is an interview with uh, by a mother, biological mother, whose children were placed in foster care, and she talks about how obviously in the initial days the gut wrenching experience of her children being taken away, but how over time she realised it was the uh, the best thing for her children, and yeah. how many many years later her children were actually returned to her. Um, and um, she thanks those foster foster parents who uh, provided the love and care that she could not provide at that stage in her life. Unbelievable. And goes without saying, uh, your parents walked you down at your wedding. Yes, <laughs> my parents most certainly did. Yes, thank God. Thank God. Oh, unbelievable. Tzvi Schickman, we always uh, enjoy <laughs> welcoming uh, any member of the Schickman family to JM and the AM. It's an amazing story and so inspiring. So incredible, and hopefully, as Derek Saker and I sit here, we are hoping that the story that Svi Schickman has shared with us and has reiterated to this audience will uh, encourage people out there to look into becoming foster parents. Get to the website, ohelfamily.org slash room in your heart. ohelfamily.org slash room in your heart. Videos and other information there. Uh, might just influence you to pick up that phone and make that initial call. And in fact, uh, Nakamura, I was just thinking, you know, your children are getting older, you're becoming an empty nester, maybe uh, maybe you want to volunteer. Well, do empty nesters do that? Uh, <laughs> Why not? We, we have many different Room types in your of house. foster parents. And empty Who nesters, wants a parent as old as me? Empty, oh, not at all. Uh, <laughs> age is but a number. Many of our foster, many of our foster parents, parents are say, empty nesters. Age is but a number. <laughs> I mean, we have to do the necessary checks, and you'd have to go to the <laughs> yeah. uh, Trust me, I'm sure that would be a long <laughs> process. Uh, well, Derek Saker and I hope that the uh, conversation this morning will encourage uh, people out there to, in fact, look into becoming foster parents. 
you're a New York resident, go to the uh, OHEL website, ohelfamily.org slash room in your heart, and uh, consider picking up the phone and being in touch with OHEL. As you heard earlier, there's a tremendous need now, and uh, over the years there's been tremendous needs that this audience has gone ahead and uh, and helped fill. So do what you can. Meanwhile, we thank Derek Saker, Director of Communications at OHEL. Thank you so much for bringing this to our attention. Thank you very much, Nachum, for having us. And Svi Schickman, you have an obligation to send best <laughs> regards to your parents and to all your siblings. Like we'll I do. said, your we'll story do. is amazing. I could speak to you all day on this show, frankly. <laughs> anytime, anytime. Svi Schickman, uh, representing the uh, incredible uh, group of uh, foster children who have benefited from the wonderful work of OHEL. It is a Monday morning broadcast. Plenty more coming up if you keep it right here at JM in the AM.
a.m. in the a.m. Miguna Simcha Dunbar by Baruch Chaitin Company. 13 minutes after 8 o'clock on this Monday here at JM. I want to thank again Derek Saker and Svi Schickman who are here. By the way, uh, one thing I do want to correct, we uh, we alluded to the fact that the foster parents uh, in the uh, under the OHEL umbrella would have to be in the five boroughs. It's five boroughs and Long Island. Five boroughs and Long Island. Any parents out there who would like to consider becoming foster parents uh, under the system that we just described here on the air, if you're a New York City resident, meaning the five boroughs, or Long Island resident, you... Uh, would be at the first stage of eligibility. 79 degrees outside, partly cloudy, and a high temperature of 91.1. Tonight, partly cloudy, a low of 77, and tomorrow, scattered thunderstorms, a high of 87 degrees. More coming up. It's 14 minutes after 8 o'clock. JM in the AM. Mazal Tov again going out to the 50,000th Ole. I don't know who it is. I don't know who they've designated, but tomorrow, the 50,000th Ole will be heading to Israel with Nefesh Benefesh, which is pretty incredible. And um, it, it will include uh, more than 75 lone soldiers, men and women, plenty of families, an age range of uh, Olim from three and a half weeks to 85 years old. And that happens tomorrow because of the incredible work of Nefesh Benefesh. So Mazal Tov Nefesh Benefesh from all of us here at JM in the AM. And uh, may you continue for many years doing this incredible work helping people move from North America to Israel. JM in the AM with a reminder that Mayor Weingarten uh, is coming up right after JM in the AM with the uh, brand new edition of The Israel Show. You get your opportunity to hear him live. The Israel Show will take a look at Tisha B'Av from a different angle now that it's behind us. Some thoughts about commemorating Tisha B'Av in a united Jerusalem under Jewish sovereignty. It's never happened in Jewish history before where Jews were in this unique situation. So you'll hear Mayor's comments on that. Plus the regular Israeli music mix is back with a focus on Jerusalem. Tune in right after JM in the AM on the stream at jmnam.org and, of course, on the NSN app. And don't forget to like the Israel Show Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash the Israel Show, and you will be able to uh, enjoy a great hour with Mayor Weingarten coming up uh, right after JM in the AM. Quarter after 8 o'clock, more coming up at JM in the AM, including this brand-new one from Avremo at JM in the AM. Ach, 
شخوی فراخ رو شخوی فراخ رو بیگیو بیگیو وقتو
done by Benny Friedman. Uh, he's going to be very busy over the next couple of weeks, I'm sure of that, as are all the great singers as we get back into a regular format, back to the wedding schedule, back to the concert schedule. A lot of great things going on. 25 minutes after 8 o'clock with 79 degrees, partly cloudy and a high temperature of 91.1. It's Monday at JMM. Hope your fast was an easy and fast one and a meaningful one. Welcome back to our regular format here at JMDA. Mayor Weingarten and the Israel Show coming up at 9 o'clock. Happy birthday to Yaakov Arbach. Happy birthday, Yaakov, from all of us here at JMDAM. Yaakov celebrating a birthday. 
Uh, we keep mentioning the uh, 50,000th OLED with Nefesh Benefesh. It's amazing that uh, tomorrow from Kennedy Airport, uh, there will be a flight of 75 young men and women becoming uh, members of the IDF as lone soldiers. 22 United States and one Canadian province will be represented. There will be 24 families, including 10 medical professionals and 78 children, and the ages of the immigrants will go from three and a half weeks to 85 years old. We'll play this one from Arye Kunstler in honor of uh, all the Olim tomorrow with Nefesh Benefesh from all of us here at JM in the AM. Down a long road that started back then with Adam in the Garden of Eden. We were slaves in Egypt with a heavy load until God told Moses he was gonna give us our freedom. Coming home, chose. People are gonna start coming home. Chosen people are gonna start coming home. Back to Canaan, milk and honey in the promised land. It's one big family reunion in the family of man.
Schar Mitzvah done by uh, Mordechai Shapiro on this uh, Monday morning. Hope your fast was uh, fast and meaningful yesterday. And that your Shabbos Chazon was as well. I thank you for tuning in to a JM in the AM Monday. And um, remind you that Mayor Weingarten is coming up with the Israel show. That happens every single Monday starting at 9 a.m. And he'll return today with music and more appropriate for uh, Shabbos Nachamu week. Yeah. Uh, so I'll be coming up and you'll have an opportunity to hear Mayor Weingarten. Don't forget to like the Israel Show Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Israel Show. That'll give you a uh, an opportunity to um, uh, to be uh, 
in on all the great things that Mayor posts on Facebook that are related to the show. It's all coming up starting at 9 o'clock right after JM the AM at jmtheam.org and, of course, on the NSN app.
It's Eitan Freilich with uh, Koamar here at uh, JM and And before that, you heard um, uh, Simcha Liner with Espanecha, Mordechai Shapiro in there with Schar Mitzvah. JM and the AM, I want to, um, we had an opportunity, you'll recall, in Israel to speak with Josh Haston from Rigavin, who has, uh, in just a short period of time that he's been there, has done an amazing job. And he wrote an op ed for the Jerusalem Post. Um, discussing the the town of Susia. Now, we have spoken about Susia in the Chevron Hills many, many times on this show, and I was not aware of the fact that there was so much illegal building 
and illegal squatting that's been taking place there. And today is the big decision by Defense Minister Avigdor Lieberman, who was asked to issue a ruling in response to a petition drafted by Regavim to implement the demolition of those illegal structures uh, that Arabs have set up in Susia. If you want to take a look at it, you go to the Jerusalem Post website. It is uh, entitled Stand Up for Susia. It's an opinion piece done by Josh Haston, H-A-S-T-E-N, and I think you will find it very enlightening, certainly very valuable. Um, I have a, a note here on our app, and I, I want to thank a lot of people who have been commenting on the NSN app today, and I thank you for that. On tomorrow's Nefesh Benefesh flight, there are six children of Congregation Beth Aaron families. I assume that's Beth Aaron and Teaneck, with their own families making Aliyah. Um, Yitz first, of which one of the children is our daughter and her family. So we say Mazal Tov to everybody who's making Aliyah, and uh, it's amazing. There are certain communities and certain synagogues that really do have tremendous representation when it comes to these uh, Aliyah flights, and we look forward to seeing it. We're going, to, we're going to try our best to make it to Kennedy Airport tomorrow to say goodbye to everybody and wish everybody well. You have no idea how much I wish we were on this flight because it's going to be yet another unique flight with the incredible uh, number of IDF soldiers, volunteers who are heading to Israel and the uh, families that are going. Uh, unfortunately, we won't be on the flight, but we hope to be there to say goodbye at Kennedy tomorrow. Rogers Park is next, and this is JM in the AM. We want to see us now. I will be here this year I'm Yisroel, have no fear 
Raksimcha uh, done by Micha Gammerman. Thank you for tuning in here on AJM and the AM uh, Monday morning. Our brand new, well, I shouldn't say brand new, our, re- our regular format, which does seem, it seems brand new, frankly. Uh, although we got, got some great compliments on our three weeks and nine days format. So thank you. Thank you to everybody who uh, took the time to point that out. How much they quote unquote enjoyed our uh, three weeks and nine days presentations here at JM and the AM. Uh, ready to wrap things up on a Monday. Mayor Weingarten and the Israel Show coming up next. Got a unique perspective on Tisha B'Av and its observance this year. He's back to a regular format with a great Israeli music mix, all happening between 9 and 10 this morning on our stream at jamnam.org and, of course, on the NSN app. Uh, so you can uh, 
You can take advantage and listen in to uh, Mayor Weingarten coming up next, jmnam.org and on our app. Uh, wrapping things up with Aspaklaria and their version of Nachamu on this Nachamu Week Monday at JM in the AM.
Achenu Yisrael and Achim Achem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web at jmnam.org and, of course, on the uh, NSN app. Wraps up a Monday for us here at JM and the AM. Back to our regular format, and I thank everybody who was in touch this morning uh, as we uh, as we have gotten back into our post-three-weeks-and-nine-days format here at JM and the AM. Big thank you to Derek Saker and to Tzvi Schickman. Uh, an inspiring conversation. If you missed any of it, check it out uh, in our archive section of jmnam.org later on. Mayor Weingarten is next with the Israel Show at Make sure to be tuned in, and of course on the NSN app. Plenty more tomorrow starting at 6 a.m. Ellie Gerstner is scheduled to be on. We'll talk about the big Hass concert, which is coming up. Yeah, New Jersey Hass concert in just the next few days. We'll explain all of that tomorrow here at JM in the AM. Have a fabulous Monday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.